you pushed your way in. I pushed my way in. <laughs> yeah. I didn't invite you or anything. You just I was just in here on my own having a bit of quiet time. <laughs> I had the room to myself. I was having a peaceful Zoom and you blew. <laughs> It's just not often you get a bit of, you know, the room to yourself, you know. Welcome to the Propane Business Podcast. I'm Johnny. And I'm Yusuf. We set up and built propanefitness.com into the profitable semi-automated system that it is today, which allowed us to quit our corporate jobs and coach online full-time. More importantly, we were able to do this without a huge online audience or being glued to social media every day. We're now ready to share everything from the failures we've made to the systems that now consistently generate hundreds of thousands in revenue. We help personal trainers, coaches, and gym owners do the same by avoiding the mistakes we've made and the best practices going forward. Subscribe to this podcast to learn what we're doing and what we've done to build and scale propanefitness.com. We'll be teaching you how to generate a steady flow of online clients, win at Facebook ads, automate your coaching systems, and to achieve financial independence. Um, I've got a little bit silly with it with today's video, um, but I think it's going to be all right. Porn. (laughs) (laughs) Full porn. Just really like going through a tooth comb with the YouTube guidelines and seeing what I can get away with. What are those guidelines? I think... So... It's not that clear cut because there's a whole um, thing about like YouTube nipples. Because you, you usually like you'd think that the nipple would be the thing that's not allowed, but under certain mm-hmm. context, you can have it. So is that is is the nipple like the that's the line, isn't it? On social media, that's why like people who promote promote their OnlyFans account on Instagram get axed because be. of specifically because of the nipple. So everything up to the nipple can be shown so tv has certain guidelines for that as well because they 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 actually have like the angle of a penis that's allowed before 9 p.m um but then i've seen like feminist instagram accounts posting like basically a blanked out torso with just the nipples showing and it says like is this okay is this a man's nipples oh i don't know we can't tell it's a it's an interesting distinction it's one, this is one of those things that I really want to talk about, but it's like, is this just way too off topic and people we're recording by the way. Yeah. That's the... yeah. <laughs> like the, so the, the penis thing, I, I think it's very rare to see male genitalia in an aroused state on a, in a film or on TV. So that rule thing I think is people obviously clearly like go nowhere near it. There is one film I've seen where it was just flagrant and I, I couldn't believe what they showed in the film. And it was a, it was a completely normal film up until this scene, at which point like the, the sex scene in the film was, I just couldn't believe it was. And then, then it brings up all these thoughts of like, is, is it like, what can you, if something's 18 and it's rated 18 in a cinema, is there a band at which that's not like past, that's not allowed. Do you know what I mean? Like, at what like, point is something just not allowed at all? I'm sure there is a, a level where, like, no matter your age, even if you're 75, you're still not allowed to see it. But wait, so I'm I'm surprised about the um, the penis thing. I don't think I, I mean I've seen maybe three films in my life, so I'm not a good <laughs> metric for this. But I don't think Fight I've Club. ever seen a penis in a film. Fight Club, Interstellar, and 
Oh, actually, the Borat film that had is that, is, that, is that the three? It's it's probably one of them. Yeah, like Azamat had his had the naked fight with Borat, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> 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 classic like kazakh wedding yeah. um <laughs> but it's that then lean in back lean in that's there it is oh, i'm gonna have to master that i think it's such a, a good skill to have so but then i wonder if if it was done so artfully that you couldn't see his genitalia because it's all like engulfed i think it just showed bum didn't it but not not front bum I suppose, like, this demands on the actor, aren't they? Like, that means that the actor feels a certain way at the time. And that's, yeah. maybe that's tricky in the workplace. Well, you know, I imagine it is. The pressure's on, you've got the lights, you know, it's expensive role, it might be a bit the, cold. The people who are typically in films that require that, they're professionals, aren't they? Like that, if anything, that's all they're there to do sometimes so this is on topic but this is actually a classic case of like armchair experts and i i, I don't know why but I, I love when so i've seen a few variants of this but one of them was an old um channel 4 documentary about like people who were fans of of porn and they were like oh um i could do a porn like and, and they, so they, they go and do it and then God. none of them can perform when they're when they're <laughs> under pressure um and then it takes them through like the porn stars lifestyles and and behind the scenes and stuff and, and they end up um a lot of them end up being really repulsed by it because they're like oh my god this is really like exploitative and mm. and and they also just can't perform it you know as they as they should be expected to the I'm other surprised. one is uh people who like posted hate at basketball players on twitter saying like i could have made that shot from a half court like can't believe you missed that like um or football players and they're like you know what an idiot he missed that shot and so someone went round and just found the people who tweeted them took them into a, a stadium didn't tell them what it was about just said it was like some kind of they've been invited to a football thing and then they set the ball up at the exact distance that that player failed to make and they go oh um I noticed on the 23rd of August, you said, and I quote, even a monkey could have made that shot. Um, so do you want to have a go yourself? And they all just absolutely, like... Can't handle it. Yeah. I feel the same way about, like, people who criticise... So obviously in any sporting context, so anyone, like, sat in a stadium shouting and saying, like, whoa, I could have made that. Or, or like, people who criticise... I think everybody criticises the government. doesn't matter who's, whose government it is. They're always making stupid decisions. And I, it, just, it would just be interesting, wouldn't it, for just a day, just a single working day, like, there you are, you're now Prime Minister. Hope it goes all right. And it'd just be a barrage, wouldn't it? Like, think it of the, be, Im, well, the, the inbox, the in-tray. The, the, way, the way to solve that is to create... Because you, you want to be able to do that, but in a safe environment. So... I reckon create Prime Minister Simulator Two, which is a a video game that everyone has to play once a year. And the advantages are massive because if you crap at it and you lose, suddenly you've got an appreciation like, wow, being a prime minister is quite hard. There's a lot of stuff to manage. If you graded it, then you get taken into the selection round for the next year's prime minister. 
Because <laughs> it's just like the X Factor, isn't it? Britain's got talent, but for but for Prime Minister. Like if you're amazing at it, then people are like, whoa, actually like yeah. we've discovered some talent here. And then you then you get like voted on by the public. So it's ex- it could just be exactly like Britain's Got Talent. Because like the first one's te- it's technical, isn't it? It's like policies, day to day, dealing with sort of managing your, your staff and, and all that sort of stuff. There's stuff you've got to be able to do. And then it's like, well, do the what do the public think? Well, here are five people that we think would be a really good prime minister. Like, te- technically, what do you reckon? Uh, okay, well, so you get scored on like charisma and yeah. being able to work a crowd and not not defrauding your house renovation by using public money and how much can you... Exactly. Yeah. Super total. So like squat by deadlift, snatch, clean and jerk. I think if that was the filter, if that was the, the line in the sand of like, you've just got to have a super total past this level, you'd get a, I think the country would be run quite differently. It really would. Like the, the whole, the last couple of years, I think the emphasis on gyms and healthy lifestyle, if the person in charge had a decent super total, they would have, they would make very different decisions about the whole thing, wouldn't they? Maybe the wrong ones. You never know. If everything's just optimised for super total above, above all else, specifically the prime minister's super total. Um, what was I going to say? No, it's gone. Do you like my my protein T-shirt? I was I was just about to comment on that. I think it's very so, nice. I got it. Um, it's very subtle branding, isn't it? You look at it and you think, "What brand's that?" Mm. Like sort of, sort of this white but, thing. And then, but if so, you're in the know, you're like, ah, subtle, subtle. Text. I recognise that. Yeah, I think I got it fit. free from them. Not because I'm like some ambassador. Like I, I, I ordered, I paid for some of their supplements, and they sent me this as well. I, I'm actually so my protein sent us some stuff recently, and they your didn't... your protein or my protein? Well, our, our protein. <laughs> our protein. <laughs> they they sent us a, a goodie bag. And I think all they asked for was for us to link back to them on, on the website. So we've got no other um, reason to be saying how good they are. But I'm actually really impressed with how innovative some of their stuff is now. It's getting to the point where it's like coming up with flavours that you just wouldn't be able to dream of. Yeah, like that. So they, I think they sent us both that clear way, right? Like the new flavour. What even is that flavour? Blue raspberry. Apparently, it's lemon and something else. Um, but okay. they, they make it blue. And as in, like, the, the this is the, the general blue raspberry right. flavour. But is, is this not, like, blue raspberry turbo or something? This is, like, a, a subsection of the blue raspberry flavour. Mm. Well, it's just it's just hard to describe, isn't it? It's like, how would you describe blue raspberry? Ah, here we go. So, it is originating from Rubus leucodermis, most commonly known as the white bark raspberry or black cap raspberry. My God. Often I contains didn't... blue food colouring. Although this colouring is not an accurate rendition of the colour of the fruit... <laughs> <laughs> It helps to distinguish blue raspberry flavoured foods from cherry, watermelon, and strawberry. My God! Well, Wikipedia is so thorough, isn't it? The the former Unless it's wrong. Being, well, yeah. You'd never know, would you? <laughs> I mean, luckily, there's um, 
there's people like one of the guys who we went to school with who is a Wikipedia mod. People who enforce the crowdsourcing of data accuracy. But how? Because <laughs> that implies that implies that they've got the book with all of the right information in, in which case just put that on Wikipedia and then and then don't worry about anything else. <laughs> yeah. And the, I guess the other problem is you, you should maybe have to demonstrate how expert you are in something. Because just because most people think a fact is a certain way doesn't mean it's necessarily right. Yeah. Well, how do you separate fact from opinion when it's crowdsourced? Tricky, tricky times we live in. Very um, much. But so they sent us that and then they sent us, I got some way. I've not tried it yet, but it is, it is way that is flavoured like the milk that would be left over had you had cereal with milk. So it's the LaCroix of milk. Well, I don't know. I've not tried it. But it, 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 I, I, it, I opened it. And it was in a box. So it was in like a cereal box. I was like, oh, it's like protein cereal. And I opened the box and it was a bag. And then I like squeezed the bag and I was like, it's not cereal. Then I was like, do I make the cereal? Like, is this the powder that I mix with water? Was it honestly packaged like that? Yeah. Very clever. Sort of. (laughs) I mean, a bit confusing, but... Yeah. Like, I... It's one of those things where you just... You realise just how far off the pace you are with supplements. I think it's because when, when we were going through our kind of teenage experimental phase with supplements and just getting all the, all the mad stuff, there wasn't that much available. And now, like, throw someone who's 18 and new to training and in, into that environment, there's just too much to it's, choose from. It's how do, you, how do you know what to not buy is the, is the decision, isn't it? Like, yeah, you probably get a whey protein. But even then... It, it's not that difficult to get like the wrong way protein or the wrong pro like a protein that you end up basically spending twice the money on that that is no there's no extra benefit and then you buy like 10 muscle building tablets that you're not really sure what any of them are and sleep pills and pre-workouts and like 500 quid in and only really the way is going to do anything it's <laughs> <laughs> heartbreaking isn't it yeah so i mean that leads us on very smoothly onto what we were going to talk about today which is the the same same subject isn't it basically that yeah you know nipples protein and the excuse of i am bad with technology um i think it's a objection that we quite commonly hear to why so so we'll, we'll often have people say i want to build an online fitness business but i'm bad with technology so I can't do yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I suppose the first, the very first question is like, you're building an online business. The, the the basis of it is online. Unfortunately, there's no getting around that you have to have some degree, or you don't have to be a nuclear scientist or or computer scientist, but like, to you in a world where most things are becoming online now you wouldn't be able to say the reverse. Oh, I'm, I'm not very good with offline. Okay. <laughs> oh, I can't, I'm, not, I'm not good at living offline. Yeah. Well, at, at some point, everybody's not good at everything, aren't they? Like the, you, for your baseline is no skills. 
and you have to acquire those skills. Like no skills, no knowledge, and you acquire those things throughout your life. So it's more of like, it's just a, it, it really is an excuse. It's like an attitude. It's a belief of, because it, it's not really that, there's nothing difficult about technology, really. Like, in fact, a lot, a lot of technology is made so that it is extremely simple and easy to use. It's just a willingness to do something, to try something that they aren't very good at, which is not, I think the trouble with that attitude for someone thinking about owning any business is that there's never a point in managing or running a business where you absolutely 100% know how to apps to do everything that you have that you come across. I feel like most of my life, most of my day to day existence is something is thrown at me. I'm like, Oh God, I don't know how to do that. I need to figure it out. And you just got to play well, around with it until you do. What do you, what do, you do? You just go, Oh, well, that was it. That was fun while it lasted, but close the laptop and, go back do something else well you the, you know you're always within your right to do that but then if you're looking for the result on the other side then it's not going to be possible so the, the the closest analogy to that i suppose is anyone who someone is coaching if you have a client that says oh i want to build muscle but i'm not very good with lifting weights you're like well that that's fine because you by getting better at lifting weights you will build the muscle like you're not expected to be good at it now, <laughs> but yeah. by doing it, you will become better and then you'll get the result. I don't know. I think the advice is just, like, just back yourself a bit more. Like instead of looking at it as like, whoa, I don't know where to begin. Look at it as like, I'll probably be able to figure that out. And even just that shift is all you need. Really? Yeah. But, because I think by doing that, you're then able to persist and sit with the problem for slightly longer than other people would I, there's a quote attributed to einstein i don't know if it is him that said this because people say that guy said all sorts of stuff but it, he from what i've seen he said i am i'm not as smart as people think i just sit with problems for longer i mean if he whether he said or didn't say it i really agree with him <laughs> he's quite he's a sensible man isn't he he's a smart bloke yeah but it it it's really difficult to know what what to say on this one because you're right. Like we get it a lot, and I see people in like groups I'm in say it a lot, and it's just like this. Well, it, it, I suppose it's the the locus of control thing, isn't it? Like if if it's not me, it's that I'm not very good with technology, and if I kind of hold that as part of my personality, then it's not what's not the case is it's just not that I'm not willing to try because that's uncomfortable. Whereas if it's like, oh, it's tech and I'm bad with tech and I've never really been able to make tech work, that's like an easy excuse and it implies it's technology's fault or like society's fault versus like, oh, I'm just too lazy to learn how to use technology. That's pretty painful to come to terms with for most people. That's a good point. It it externalizes the locus of control to say, oh, well, it's technology's fault. And it may well be there's certainly flaws in technology, but as you say, it's evolved to be used by a person the user interface design is a huge industry the the survival of the fittest in terms of technological devices are the ones that are easiest to use it's why ipads and and things can be used by three-year-olds and the three-year-old is no smarter they're just more playful they're more experimental like they're willing to just press on things and and see what happens and so there is definitely technology that you and i 
we're, so I'm, I'm not we're so we're, we're not we're not experts on it we we just we we solve if there's a thing that we need to do we just have to sit with it and figure it out until until we realize either this will take more hours than is worth the return or outsource it but everyone's had the experience of buying a new piece of technology from amazon or like even if it's like a thermostat something like that where you're like it's a level playing field like no one knows how to work with a thermostat. <laughs> but you have to just sit and either depending on your learning style like just faff around with it and press things and see what happens or if you're a bit more systematic you can sit and read the manual and both are fine but one is the the curve of result is different and this is where it depends how you're motivated and whether you like to kind of understand everything first or whether you like to just dive in and i would recommend just diving in because most of the time if you pick up the manual for a thermostat it's going to be what 30 pages most of it's irrelevant you're going to get bored and so just do just in time learning play around with it and then say okay i'm running into this specific problem now let's google it and figure out how to do it yeah and the more so i I, like i have this with my parents like my my dad i think like has this sort of he like wears it with a badge of pride of like no i'm just not going to engage with that i'm not going to learn how to use it and he'll get a new thing like a new bit of software on his laptop or he'll be on a website that i've never been on before and i'll say to him like i don't know how to use this dad i've never used it before either what do you th- like when you're asking me for help what do you think i'm going to do <laughs> like i don't have the magical guide that you don't that you don't have i'm just going to sit with it and i'm going to play around with you know maybe things that when i've done this process in the past and learned how to use stuff in the past by playing around with it i can now spot some of the same patterns and some of the same menu buttons and some of the same options as i've learned in the past by pressing them and seeing what happened and now I can apply that framework and I'm constantly getting a little bit better every day by just, as you say, having this attitude of, I'm just going to try it and play within the guidelines that this developer's made me and see what happens. So what what is the framework then? Because there, there must be a, a set of meta skills that um, if someone has the attitudinal block, as you said, like the blanket sense of, oh, I don't like technology or, or the pain response from trying something and being like, or oh, it hurts to struggle and wrestle with this. So I'm just going to, you know, say i'm gonna throw throw the uh the grapes out of the pram or whatever the <laughs> throw the grapes into the sink into the sink that yeah. well-known phrase yeah <laughs> what's the i yeah <laughs> so so there's like i suppose there's, there's two aspects on it. there's hardware and there's software so the thing i always find fascinating is and you bought a macbook recently so did it come with an, an instruction manual there's like a little leaflet thing. Of like how to turn it on. Yeah. Isn't that mental? That something as powerful as a MacBook, they just give it to you, go, there you go. And you Enjoy. could like I'm sure you could hack into most most companies with that. You could commit crimes, you could do change the world. But it doesn't come with an instruction manual. And Apple have probably thought about that in a lot of detail and decided, yep. It doesn't need an instruction manual. So like, so the hardware doesn't need instructions, especially something like an iPad or a, um, an iPhone. Like there are, 
probably in Apple's case, like billions and trillions of dollars invested in like the user experience of the hardware to make it intuitive. So like the pinching and the sliding and the swiping and the selecting and tap it, force touch, all these things are, someone's put a lot of thought into that for it to be easy and simple. So I, I suppose on that note, like the whole point of user interface and, and, you know, if you're starting an online fitness business at this time in the world, then you, it's such a great time for it because everything's moving more and more to this direction user interface is simply narrowing the gap between someone's intention and what happens on the screen. <laughs> and so yeah. pinching and sliding and stuff, like a lot of people, as you said, have really put a lot of thought into what's the most natural thing that someone will, will do to get that effect on the screen to the point where like you've seen the clips of monkeys on Instagram, like, and they're just swiping and double tapping yeah. and zooming and stuff. And it, it's incredible. Crazy. Yeah. So, so like using a piece of technology, that's not the difficult thing. So then, okay, now we come up against the software that's on the, on the technology of like it, interacting with that. But again, there are a lot of things that are, that are the same with bits of software that you use, like how you open it and how you close it and where it goes when you press the button that minimizes the screen and all these sorts of things. So like that, I've, an hour of most people who are sort of, reasonably intelligent who, who are uh, willing to learn will figure that basic stuff out and so it's just all this stuff's been made so you can just play with it and you'll you'll see the patterns that emerge because again some very very big companies and some very intelligent people have put an awful lot of thought into everything that you're seeing on the screen and or even the apps that you're using that are new and relatively small there's teams of people designing the user interface for it to be as simple as possible. And so like, all you've got to do is not, not be an idiot. And that's not that difficult to do. Like, you've got to not be an idiot and be willing to just press something and it doesn't quite do what you want. And go, okay, it's not that button. I'll try it differently this time. Or I'll try a different approach. So I've been working with the guys at Propane for a couple of months now. Definitely recommend it. I have used some business coaches in the past and I just didn't feel like it was the right fit. I'm not really someone that's really pushy and tries to force people into make sales. And it's exactly not what the guys at Propane do. They really help you give as much value to your uh, niche as possible. So definitely recommend it to anybody looking to either increase their online uh, training business or to just initially get into coaching online. Uh, these guys are going to give you the, the right path forward and they're going to be always there to support you along the way. So I think one of the other common things that people are like, oh, well, I'm afraid I'll break it. Um, I think you're... I mean, so I've got to be quite careful with this, but I, I think you're, you're not too likely to break something by just playing around. Like most decisions are reversible. Um, I think there's a, a within within a piece of software, not most. Not um, all decisions. Oh. <laughs> and so the the heuristic here is: if a decision is reversible, just make it quickly play around and if it's irreversible then put more thought into it and and the, the degree of reversibility is how is how much thought you should put into a decision we used a, a piece of software called click funnels a while ago that when you switched um, i think it was when you you like disabled a domain or something it was what it was was the the podcast feed 
it was something on Blueberry, the podcast oh, yeah. series, and in bold letters at the bottom, it said, the, the, the following settings have permanent consequences. <laughs> the red button and a tick box, and you had to type, like, I agree, into the text box. <laughs> so another example of that, an active campaign, when you go to delete something, you go to delete a list or an automation, you have to check four boxes that say, like, I understand that this cannot be undone. I understand that user data will be permanently lost. I understand that. but And then you have to press confirm. And as you're doing, it just forces you to think, like, oh, God, imagine it. Like, the thought of deleting an email list, like deleting all of your email list, tens and tens of thousands of pounds worth of ad spend. Those sorts of things, in some cases like that, literally are not reversible. But Awful. fortunately, the, the developers are one step ahead of us and they know that people might accidentally just click on it. And so they've put in safeguards. So yeah. it, I think some of it is just starting something in a low stakes environment, playing around, don't be afraid to, to break things. And you kind of problem solve as you go along. And there are some problems that, you know, so I, I tried learning Python recently and it was very cognitively demanding. It was very, like, very overwhelming because you're just dropped in the middle of the sea and there's no, there's no like, beginning or end. You're just kind of in the middle of it and you kind of have to feel your way out just from the centre outwards. <laughs> you just dropped in the ocean with no context. Yeah, and you're just like... Low life jacket. And like, get to shore. Well, it's... It, I mean, there's not even an instruction. It's like, build a castle if you want. But, you know, you, you've got sea. Here we are. So do what you can with, with the sea around you. Um, yeah. You can tell the sea to do things, but I'm not going to tell you how to tell the sea to do things. And you've got some people that you leave them there for a couple of days and they've, they're they sat in a castle in the middle of the sea and you're like, how did you do that? They've made Facebook. <laughs> like, well, hold on, mate. How did you, I've, I've only just learned to swim. How did you... Uh... So yeah. I, I have to concede that like, I was terrible with, with learning Python. I, I, I gave up. But I don't think it's because I'm good or bad with technology. I think it's just because I, my, my pain tolerance and my relative sense of, like, is this worth putting my time into it? What And whereas someone that we know who has now built a website completely from scratch, from the ground up, using PHP, with no teaching, no formal qu qualification in computer science, has just done it really i think 90 percent because he has a high pain tolerance i mean he's a, he's a very smart guy but at the end of the day he just sits and so he for context he does three hours of meditation a day not quite but yeah it's up so, yeah yeah so he's the kind of I mean, who can just sit and grind something i think that just, in, yeah the, the, i think this this story in my mind represents ben and what ben's like so very rarely plays golf. Golf is an extremely frustrating sport if you've never played golf. Like it really taps into them the, like to, to hit something and have it go wrong and to not like throw the club or snap the club takes a lot sometimes. And so Ben played one round of golf with me, didn't go that well. Everybody else went home. Ben stayed at so round of golf takes four hours. Ben stayed at the golf club for several hours afterwards to just practice his putting. So that's someone who, like, most people, by the time they've had a frustrating round of golf that took four hours, just want to get away from 
all of that and do do something completely different. Whereas Ben's like, no, no, I'm going to invest the next several hours into trying to fix this one specific problem. And that's why he's up till two in the morning writing code because he can't let it go until the problem's fixed, until the comments function's working, until the login's working. But what's most interesting about the, the, the stuff I was saying before about how these bits of technology are, are being made to use, be made to be easy, watching him make the user experience of his website, stuff that you don't even, stuff that you completely take for granted when you're navigating like Instagram. The, it's the level of detail and thought that goes behind like where to put a button or how the button interacts when you press it or the menu that you see, where things are in a menu that you don't think about because it's just already what's in your psyche of what you already intuitively do. People have to match that. So, so much all, of the work's done for you. Yeah. Well, they're, they're all kind of new inventions that we just don't even think about because that gap between intention and reality has been closed. Like, I think there was a lawsuit, quite an expensive one, over it was either the swipe down to refresh function or it was the the bounce when you swipe and then it and then the screen goes whoop, back up to the top again yeah because why because it looks like it's refreshing and it isn't it was over the like the patent of the um oh, the way that it bounces up against the bloody hell the edge of the screen like these are all man. things that you think someone just knocked up in a, in a couple of minutes but actually they're like lots of patented things that have, yeah it's because I suppose this this stuff is exactly why social media is so addictive, right? Like it can be used against us in the sense that like they know how long the delay should be between trying to refresh something and it refreshing. They know how long it should take between loading an app and the notification orange uh, red circle appearing and all these things. It can get quite insidious. And but, I think once you're aware of it, so, so WhatsApp have done that recently. I've noticed that WhatsApp don't... So now you, you open WhatsApp and there's a just a second before the number of unread messages appears. Yeah. That's a new update. And it's not like it's not like it's a connection speed thing because WhatsApp's always up, uh, updating in the background. It's using your data passively as I as I learned very expensively. I don't know if I should say <laughs> I should say that uh, story. Um, is that the, the the plain one? Yeah. <laughs> I think go, go on. Yeah, go on. Okay. <laughs> this is this is for context. At the time it happened, one of the funniest things Yusuf's ever told me. <laughs> <laughs> but it, i think it was more like me imagining him as it was happening because i i had this information live but i'll let you tell us too so this was on a trip to thailand um for a medical elective a couple of years ago which i was i was really looking forward to like i got on the plane started to fall asleep i was already quite tired I heard the announcement say, like, make sure to turn off your mobile phone uh, as I was kind of drifting off into <laughs> drifting off consciousness. And you're just like, oh, yeah, whatever. And then 45 minutes into the flight, I wake up and I just check my phone intuitively. And then I get, I've received a text that says, welcome to flight air mobile. Your data is now being charged at seven pounds per megabyte. And uh, <laughs> like two pounds a minute phone call or something, and I just instantly like just nausea, just like oh god! Like, so I checked my um, my data usage, and it said in the last hour I'd used three hundred megabytes of passive data because I think I must have like 
I had Netflix on my phone. It must have been like passively downloading or something. But I, like for that time, I was not actively using my phone. I was just asleep. And so I calculated it and it was like £3,700. So it must have been a bit more. I can't remember. Yeah. Two, two and a bit grand, basically. Yeah. Three and, yeah, three and three a bit and grand. Three and a bit grand, sorry, yeah. Um, yeah. And I was just sat there like, just just mincing for the rest of the the 14 hour flight or whatever just thinking right well gonna have to sell the car <laughs> <laughs> gonna have to like figure out how to quickly make that money back asap yeah. luckily, but luck- when, luckily. I, when i yeah i arrived in dubai called vodafone and they were like Oh, don't worry. It's only registered £35 surcharge. And to be so relieved to only be charged £35. It's the anchoring, isn't it? I imagine you'd been relieved with everything sub 500 quid. Oh, yeah. Well, I suppose anything under the number that you thought, but I think over a grand would still have been incredibly painful. But if it was like 300 quid, it's like annoying, but it's, it's on the side of funny mistake rather than I'm a moron. Yeah, rather than like I have just been fully done, knacked myself. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a bit naughty of them to do that as well. To just like because you don't opt in to flight air mobile. Yeah, for it to just it's... connect you and start billing you. Yeah, it'll How be gonna... in the terms and conditions somewhere, yeah. won't it? That by stepping on the plane, you're agreeing to being billed seven pound a megabyte. <laughs> but um, so I think. I guess, like, again, someone who sat there thinking, oh, I can't start this because I'm not good with technology. Like, there's lo- I think there's loads of stuff when you start a business you're not good at. So something that we were, Yusuf and I were talking about yesterday of, like, something that no one teaches you ever in anything is hiring people and managing people. Like, I'm, I'm sure there's a course you can do. I'm sure there's, like, in some business qualifications or whatever they teach it. But certainly we've never been taught how to do that. And suddenly you just need to figure out how to do that. So you have to just have the same approach to that as technology. It's, just, it's, it's, if anything, it's more complicated because technology, every time you press a button, it does the same thing. Whereas humans, as you survive, so have realized, don't, don't do that. When you press buttons on humans, they, they react differently sometimes. And so, like, I, I, I don't think for a second that we are particularly good at hiring and managing people. Like no. we, we're, just, we're just good enough for what we, for, for what we needed to do. But, you know, it, it's always going to pale in comparison to a recruitment agency or a professional manager, a professional middle manager or something like that. Yeah. So you, you have to be happy with that you can just be good enough for the task that you need. And that applies with technology. And if you need something that's exceptional, like a web design, you know, you, you can try and do your own website. It, it'll be good enough. But if you really want an exceptional looking website or promo video or something just hire a videographer hire a designer because they'll do it in less time and if you only need to do it once then it's not a skill that is going to benefit you to to do all the time however using technology is not a a skill that you need once and then you oh, okay i've done the technology now yeah well something that you're you're always better at than i am which is if there's a new so, for example, we've just got a new bit of software to integrate some of our, like, marketing data. And I'm, I've been trying to work it out for ages. And I got to this point where I was trying to 
work out whether we needed two users on the account or one user. And I, I gave it probably an hour of my time. So I was like YouTube videos, searching their support database. And I was just like, you know what? Like if I, if Yusuf was here, he would have just sent us a support ticket to the owner of the, the software 45 minutes ago. And so I just, I just did that straight away. I've not heard back from them yet, but at least that like they will know the answer. They will absolutely 100% know the answer without question. And so with all of these things, again, like if it's an app, a piece of software, pretty much anything, there's a support desk to help you with whatever you get stuck with. And they'll give you the answer. Sometimes even give you a video, demo, walkthrough, link to a document or an article that tells you how to do it. And then you know forever. a job. It's yeah. amazing. And they're really good at it. They, they have all the answers straight away. So... Because that something I've noticed that you do is like as soon as something happens, so like our membership site, something will go wrong, or our website, something will go wrong, you just immediately ring them or email them, and then you're I on the phone it, with an expert. Yeah, if, if it's something that I'm like, I don't know how to do this, and I think, yeah, you, as you say, you, you, you try it for a bit, and then you're like, okay, the answer's not immediately obvious. I've gone through the standard channels, and it's going to take me another several hours to do this yeah it, then it's someone's job and and this is one of the benefits of paying for software because usually paid software has better support tickets and i constantly see i think this is particularly on reddit because the the character you know the kind of average personality of someone on reddit like wears a fedora has a neck beard doesn't pay for anything and they're always asking, like, what's the free software to do this? Like, and, and it'll always be like, I want a free alternative to Photoshop or something that is very expensive and very high powered, where there's clearly no free alternative. And you can, like, push together these hacky solutions and stuff. And sometimes it's just easy. Like, it's just, just pay the $7 a month, man, and get, get the, the proper version. Yeah. Because with the proper version, so the same guy, Ben, has this philosophy that you were speaking about the other day of like, if you buy something that's a recurring fee, so if you get some software that's a recurring fee, what that almost certainly tells you is there's a team of people on the software, like on the business side of the software, that are full-time employed to make it better every month and solve problems every month. And if it goes down, that's all they're doing 24-7 is getting it back live again. So. You know, it also gives you a chance. You're more than likely going to have access to probably via chat, probably via very uh, short timeline. You're going to get answers from a support team, or there's going to be a lot of information, a lot of effort to sort of keep people paying monthly. So, the, I think part of the reason why, because I've noticed there, are, it's it's weird. It's the people who are really good at things ask really quickly. So if some like a CEO of a big business, if they see something in a meeting that they don't understand, they just immediately ask what it means or they immediately ask for it to be explained. And people think it's like, oh, it's only because they know loads that they understand when it's not silly to ask a question. But actually, I think it's just that they, they, don't, they don't tolerate the gap of, like, not, of having to try and figure it out. Because it, as you're saying there, it's not, it, you, it's not like you've tried every troubleshooting um, PHP pathway to, to fix the problem. It's like, don't know how to do it, ask a question. And then the problem solved way quicker. And you, you can spend that time that you would have spent on Google for an hour trying to work it out, doing something else while they get back to you. Yeah, I think the CEO example is good because you've got someone there who doesn't tolerate the gap in knowledge and they're willing to look stupid by asking a 
an obvious question and usually it's not a stupid question like i so in throughout med school i like I, i don't see myself as a particularly extroverted person but i think the standard standard issue med students particularly like when they're straight out of school they're quite meek and quite timid and they tend not to really ask questions because they, they they don't want to be seen as stupid and and all this and so i would always be the one that would just be like excuse me what's that <laughs> like uh, and almost like but very often you'd 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 realize afterwards that everyone else was also wanting to ask that but was too shy to um yeah so it, it's likely if you're in a room where you don't know the answer to something probably other people also don't know the answer and even if they do like who cares like i know it's easy to say that but like what everyone's there to learn like if you're trying to use a bit of software as you said with the thermostat everyone starts at some point not knowing how to do it so it's not like everyone else have got, has got the pre-installed version that you didn't get it's just everyone's got to work stuff out their own way and if you're ways yeah. to ask for help then so be it i know this is off topic but i'm just thinking back to um some of the the seminars that we went to because we, we went to see you know eric helms and alan Aragon and, and these kind of people at certain seminars and there was two types of questions that came up there was the like earnest student of the art people would be like excuse me like I, i'd love to understand how this works can you can mm. you tell us your thoughts on it but then there was also the people who were clearly just asking a question just to try and sound clever yeah. or to tell a little story about them, <laughs> about themselves that's like a, a snippet of a question but then a big story about how their client did really well or like how their gym's really busy or flex or a yeah it's just a lot of ego in those rooms isn't there a lot of ego ironically the person with the lowest ego is the person presenting typically which is (laughs) well there we are so i think the the takeaway advice is if you feel if you're sat there thinking i feel like i'm bad with technology firstly everyone is at the beginning it's more a case of like, what do you do with that belief? Like, do you let that just be part of what you think you are? Or is it just that, well, that's a skill for me to improve upon. Because if you just let that be the excuse and just, and therefore decide to do nothing about it, actually, not only is that a problem from a technology perspective, but it's a, it's a problem for every aspect of your business. And, and honestly, until you fix that belief pattern, business of any degree is probably not for you. So it's, it's changing how you think about a problem or an obstacle or a deficit in your skills or abilities rather than technology's hard because loads of stuff's hard and you're going to have to figure it out. But, oh my God, if you can get on top of that, that opens up worlds of potential in your business. Just, and just in anything. Yeah. Anything you want to do just becomes, all right, I'll learn how to do that. No problem. And you can also be, you know, if, if it's technology as a whole, then, then, probably you're the problem if it's a specific piece of software you can always just try a different one you know if you don't get on with mailchimp or convert kit then switch to a different one and see if see if that suits you better usually going from free to paid is going to be a big improvement in your user yeah. experience not always but mostly so and if you if you want to take things to the next level check out Yousef's productivity series on YouTube. 
and the Al- specifically the Alfred. I don't want to misguide people. Is it oh, the Al- yeah. Alfred so one go, and two? If you go to youtube.com forward slash propane fitness, <clears throat> we'll just find our channel and click on the productivity playlist. The first 10 videos in there will be absolute game changers. Like they will completely change your life. Like we, we occasionally just get cold emails from people being like, hi, you don't know me. I'm not your target audience, but your Alfred video or your Mac video changed my life. So I've just done exactly what you said described as he gave me the instructions. And I've just thought, <laughs> I don't know where to find this, but I'm going to, you know what? I'm just going to follow the instructions. And it can't raise a support ticket. It's just, and... it's just YouTube. So yeah, the, the top five are your productivity series six of your productivity maybe seven did you say seven ten is it eight because ten you've got you've got the the core series as the God, numbers right. one to seven and then you've got the the specific tech deep dives what does that say that you know because that's that's 100 percent correct because <laughs> video 11 is how to gain muscle and lose fat working in office job that we did for paul moore and video 12 is personal finance 101 and then it's habits, mean, oh. one, it's habits 101, Meditation 101. There's an wow. interview with Daniel Ingram about tracking metrics and meditation. Better there's than a sleep, there's a sleep training. There's a, an aura ring review. There's an Evernote review. There's Steve McGill talking about mental models for success. What, I mean, what more could anybody want? How but exciting. The, the, videos that, the videos specifically that are like very tech-focused are how to set your Mac up for maximum productivity and maximizing your Mac with alfred those two that's like an hour of jam-packed turbo turbo tech <laughs> so get him i was speaking to one of our clients steve who's just bought like people there's something that happens when people start working with us which is that they end up buying a mac and i, I don't know why that happens but i feel like it must be your fault I, it, well it's partly <laughs> because we are so disparaging of windows users <laughs> <laughs> we're so so nasty about about windows and android but you know everyone makes mistakes and (laughs) and that's okay but um you know we i'm not saying this from a point of like oh well if you just use a windows pc you'll you'll see like i have to use a windows pc every day and it's just slower by an order of magnitude slower what do you think of the new I'm the new iMac, the M1 iMacs. It looks beautiful, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. It's almost I, enough to say, like, <laughs> should just get one, even though, like, I don't want a desktop computer, but... Yeah. Well, I, I wish I wanted one. That's mm. what I wrestle with, because I, I think I'd have a nicer quality of life if I had a desktop computer, because it would, it would mean that I could only work at my desk. Well, well I generally do. Yeah. yeah. But it's, well, it's still, it's the time when you need to take your laptop somewhere and you can't. And uh, yeah, it, it's exactly that, isn't it? It's when you're like, I need to go to travel or coffee shop. And like, oh, I can't just take this massive iMac with me in my bag. But maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. If we if we were less, less addicted to, to work, then I think... Well, because... We're, we're addicted to it because it's fun. It's an interesting move. Oh, their sales pages are so good, aren't they? Like, it, it, it <laughs> is. 
And I suppose that's what you'd expect for a company with a trillion dollars of cash, that they've got quite a nice website. But it's interesting move for them to have things in like multiple colors. Have you seen I'm Of course you've seen them. You were probably watching the product release live, weren't you? Up at 3 a.m. watching the, the Apple convention. So th- this is really lame, but because I use video speed controller, Chrome extension, um, as it was live, I was watching it sped up with, because it, they stream it and the, the video is like 20 or 30 seconds ahead. But right. unfortunately, all that means is that you watch, you watch it fast and then it stops and then the next bit goes uh, and I see. bursts. What's the thing you're most excited about from Apple? Like, what's the thing that you can see in their pipeline that you're most excited about? <laughs> oh, man, I think... So that there's suggestions that they're going to launch Mail Plus and Notes Plus and Reminders Plus and all that kind of stuff, which is like a premium rung of the core Apple products. And I think if they do that, then things can get pretty dangerous. So the Mail Plus, for example, will be like a pro version of Apple Mail yeah. with scheduling and advanced rules and signatures and all that kind of thing. I mean, there must be a couple hundred million a month in it for Apple for just releasing like a, you know, a 10.99 subscription that gives you the plus version of all of their software. Like sign me up. I pay for it in a second. Like I wouldn't even look at the features. I would just enroll in it. And you could pay with your fingerprint or your face because it's Apple. Yeah. And cancelling would be really easy and like setting it up would be really easy and it would integrate with everything. It would automatically be on your phone and your laptop and it would auto update. (laughs) It would just be brilliant. But I don't know why, like there must be a reason why they don't do that because they own the hardware, they own the landscape. So you think, well, people are downloading to-do list apps, they're downloading like note-making apps, they're downloading all these things. We, We have our own version of them. We've got more clout, more cash, bigger teams than all these other people doing the, the, the cheaper ones. Just make better versions of them. Well, I think it's on the roadmap for them. I mean, they're, right. they're, they're going with the low-hanging fruit currently, which is obviously Apple Music. Like, there's a lot of money in entertainment. Apple TV. So Netflix and Spotify competitors just sorted. And then they're doing so Apple Podcasts. Apple Music's not, not doesn't even hold a candle at Spotify. Doesn't it? That's Apple TV's pretty good, but it doesn't have the selection of Netflix. Mm. I mean, to to start from hit the ground running and compete with Netflix is going to be quite a hard job, isn't it? That's true. I mean, they they released their, some of their own stuff and they had some really big actors in. But you like you the are defending right, Jacob, the, for example. Oh yeah, that was very good. But you you're yeah. right. Like the the cost of making a Netflix competitor compared to the cost of making a really good to do list app, surely. I know. Because like, as well, it's the sort of thing that everyone probably uses those apps. Like so many people use Apple Mail. So just have a slightly better version of it for a couple of quid a month. I mean, they're, they're really clever, aren't they? So they'll have thought about it. You know, the, the, the one thing that Apple make that I think is really below, below average and not up to standard, and I'm really annoyed at them that it isn't better. You guess what it is? I'm not sure. The watch. Really? Yeah. So I've never used an Apple Watch. Um, I think the one that's coming up is going to be quite exciting. So that's great if that's the case. Transcutaneous glucose monitoring 24 hours. 
don't even know how they do that. Apparently it uses lasers. Like... <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I think it's just, like... It's the same with some of Apple's stuff where there's a lot of emphasis on stuff that I think is not really that value-adding. And the core things, like, the battery life's not great. So the battery life on my Fitbit is, like, I charge it maybe once a week. Whereas the battery life on an Apple Watch, I think it struggles to get through a day. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge step back from, like, to have to charge your watch every day. Daily, yeah. It's, yeah. If I could just, you know, so, like, Whoop, Aura, Fitbit, all these things, the idea is you, you put them on and it just does stuff in the background. You don't have to think about it. The fact that every day you've got to remember that you leave the house, you've forgotten to charge your watch. Suddenly you've just got this dead thing on your wrist that does absolutely nothing that you'd rather wasn't there. And like the use case for most people is, oh, well, I get the messages on my phone. It's like, well, but I turn them off on my, uh, sorry, on my, on my wrist. I turn them off on my phone. I don't want them pinging on my wrist while I'm driving. So I just want it to be a watch with all of the kind of smart features to it and to not have to charge it all the time. Yeah. Like, but you I can't would- do that. I would pay more for one that's not connected to my phone. <laughs> so you, you can't, I think you can, but it ends up having its own like 3G connection. Yeah. Which is not, re- again, it's not, so that, that's the thing. I think you and I are probably unusual in the sense that we don't, what we would, what we don't want is basically a phone replica on our wrist. But that's what it, that's what a lot of the features are. The phone Isn't that it? follows you around rather than. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. An, an iPhone apps on your wrist. Versus just a, a nice watch. <laughs> it's just so disappointing. All the other stuff's brilliant, and they have my full support for everything else. But the iWatch needs to be needs to be improved. Well, we're still on the hunt for the ultimate wearable, and we're trying out potentially a couple of new ones over the next few months. So stay tuned. Subscribe I'm to so the YouTube channel. About that. Yeah, we. I mean, Is it's a Black Ops operation. So we haven't heard from them yet. Not yet. No, but. <laughs> I mean the pro- I wish I could talk about it we can't talk no, let's just move on people will have to just stay tuned because if you're missing out if you miss any podcasts from now you might miss us the one where we talk about that thing this new special tracking stuff that is really like up and coming and we're going to try it out right bye you going to say bye 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 Want to learn more about the systems we use to run, build, and scale propanefitness.com? Head over to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast and you can get your hands on our free training that covers the seven steps that we take with every client that we help build their own online business and also the seven steps that we use to successfully build Propane Fitness. We walk through the sales systems, the delivery systems, follow-up, remarketing, how to basically build your program so that it delivers coaching to your clients without you being there 24-7. We really do cover the full thing, right? And if you want to continue even further and potentially work with us, there's a chance to book in a call to have an informal chat with Yusuf or I to just basically see if any of our programs would be a fit to help you get from where you are to where you want to get to. So go to propanefitness.com forward slash business podcast today and get access to that. If you'd like to learn just more about Yusuf and I, more about us, what we do, follow us on the various channels, the best place to go is our YouTube channel. We have a load of stuff from fitness content, productivity content, why Yusuf slept on the floor for several months, why he's been having cold showers. There's always stuff on there that's entertaining and hopefully informative. So just go to YouTube, search for Propane Fitness, and you can find out a bit more about us there as well. Speak to you on the next episode.